I speak to you in the name of our one God, our creator, redeemer, and sustainer. Amen. Many years ago, I had one of the most meaningful spiritual conversations I've ever had with a very wise woman named Sister Dorinda Young. She was a Catholic nun, and she worked in the chaplaincy office at Georgetown University, and I was consulting with her as my spiritual director. At the time, I was a lawyer. I was working at a very big Washington, D.C. law firm doing corporate law work, and I had just been up to midnight several nights in a row writing memos on different financial transactions. I had... um, At that point, I think I had a standing 6 p.m. conference call every night of the week. That includes Saturdays and Sundays with no rest for family or no consideration of family dinners or or the like and had two small children at home. Heard no thanks, no pleases and all of this. And I remember talking to her about this and I don't think I said the name God once in the conversation. She looked at me She picked up her Bible, she handed it to me, and she said, Exodus chapter 3, verse 5. And she had a twinkle in her eye, and she said, now you have to find it. I thought, well, good, I know where Exodus is. Not so sure if she'd pick Micah or Zephaniah if I would have been able to find it so quickly, but I found Exodus 3, 5. You heard it this morning. Remove the sandals from your feet. For the place on which you are standing is holy ground. I looked at Sister Dorinda, wondering why this verse? What was this all about? Indeed, what was it all about? What is it all about? And that's pretty much what Moses is asking God in several different ways in today's reading from Exodus. Now, this reading comes a little bit out of nowhere in our lectionary. Sometimes we read this story in the fall when we're reading a series of of stories about Moses and about the Israelites. But here it comes in the middle of other readings from prophets. So I'm going to remind you just a little bit about Moses to frame this story. If you remember, he was saved from, at birth by a midwife who refused to follow Pharaoh's orders to kill all the Hebrew boys. Pharaoh's daughter adopts him after finding him in a basket in a nearby river. She knows he's a Hebrew, but she brings him into his, her household and raises him as one of Pharaoh's own. Moses, though, as a young man, knows that his Israelite people are being, they're being, um, enslaved by the Egyptians forced to work in very hard conditions. And one day Moses goes out and he sees an Egyptian beating a young Hebrew man. And in a rage of righteous justice, Moses kills the Egyptian. He thinks no one's looking, but the story does get out. Pharaoh is enraged that this member of his household, this Hebrew, has done this. And so Moses flees. He leaves Egypt and he settles in Midian. He marries a Midianite woman. He has children, and he then makes his living tending the sheep of his father-in-law. And it is while he is tending sheep, doing what he does every day, that God calls to Moses out of the burning bush. And Moses responds, here I am. 
And then God tells Moses, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Moses puts up resistance. He isn't so sure about this, and he asks, who am I? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring out the Israelites? He probably thinks of himself as just a shepherd, a family man, even an outlaw. Why would he want to go back to Egypt to face Pharaoh's rage after the murder? He also may wonder if he's really an Israelite. Why is he being selected to bring out the Israelite people when he grew up in a non-Israelite, a non-Hebrew household? And then later in the text, you may remember, he says to God, I am not a good public speaker. I cannot go. He doesn't doesn't think of himself as a leader. He doesn't think of himself as the one who's going to save them or a prophet. He thinks of himself more as an average kind of person. And that's why he asks, who am I? But now what God does is God responds to Moses by saying, it's not about you. It's about me. God. God doesn't tell Moses, oh, you aren't a shepherd. Don't worry, you're a leader. God doesn't say, oh, your wife won't mind if you go off for several years into Egypt. That's no big deal. God doesn't tell Moses, Pharaoh's forgotten all about that murder. God doesn't tell Moses, you can speak. You're a great speaker. God doesn't do any of the things that we might want God to do, which is to build up Moses, make him feel better about himself. No. God answers Moses' question by saying, I will be with you. In effect, God is saying, you are who you are, Moses, because I am with you. I make you who you are. Your individual characteristics, your context in life are less important than my presence in your life, says God. And so God says, lets us know that God is the context, the fabric, the atmosphere of Moses' life, and the answer to who am I is, I will be with you. So as God is making this shift, Moses begins to catch on and make the pivot too, to get on board with what God is saying, that it's not about Moses, but about God. Because the next question that Moses asks God is, what shall I say to the Israelites when they ask, what is your name? When they ask, who sent me? In essence, Moses is saying, who are you? God. So Moses is doing this. He says, he's realizing if who I am depends on you, God, then who are you? And God gives Moses several answers. He says, I am the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of covenant with God's people. That's the God of history. That's the God of the present. God says, I am the God who sees the misery of his people, hears their cries, knows their suffering. 
and God says, I have come down to deliver them. This combination of seeing and hearing and knowing and coming down tells us that God is also the God who is present with us in the lives of God's people. So not just the God of history, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but God of the present. I have come down. And God says, I am the God who sends individuals like you, Moses, to save my people I am present, says God, in history through people like you, Moses. So this is the God of the past, the present, and the future, the one who delivers the Israelites in the form of Moses, who helps him. But God goes further. He actually answers the question directly. The question of what is his na- God's name. And God gives this answer And he reveals something about God's self in the process. So the translation we have, which you know, is that God says, I am who I am. But the Hebrew is not so clear on this. There are other variations. Here they are. I am what I am. I will be who I will be. I will be what I will be. And I am becoming what I am becoming. In all cases, God's name is a verb. A verb. And it's the verb to be. I am. I will be. I am becoming. God is the very essence of being. The very essence of possibility. Because God has the power to create, the power to bring all things into being, the power of possibility to finish the sentence, I am, I will be, I am becoming. And if we go back to where I started, if if who Moses is depends upon who God is, and if God is the context of Moses' life, then as God is becoming, so is Moses being and becoming. As God becomes who God will become, God's followers as God's creation are part of this becoming, this being, this possibility. And this is why I've come to love this passage so much. And this very verse in particular What we learn from today's reading is when God says, I will be with you, God is saying, I am present in your life. Everywhere you go, I see, I hear, I know, I come down, and I send you. God is saying, you are the way, you will be the way that I act in this world. I am becoming who I am becoming, and I am bringing you along with me so that you also are becoming. You are in the process of being who I need you to be in the world. Everywhere we go, everything we do, God is the context, the atmosphere, the fabric of our lives. We are who we are because of God. Our God is the God of possibilities, the one who finishes the sentence, I am, I will be, I am becoming, and we, we 
are all God's possibilities. And Exodus 3.5 captures all this meaning in one sentence, which goes beyond our questions, our arguments, our uncertainties, our frustrations, our wondering what we're doing, wherever we are, like I did, and it gets to the truth. You are standing on holy ground. Holy ground is where God is. Holy ground is where we are in the presence of God. And we are always in the presence of God because the answer to who am I is God is with me. God is always becoming and we are becoming who we are alongside God because God is with us. But we forget this. I had forgotten this when I wasn't so sure I liked my corporate law job anymore. And Sister Dorinda, in her wisdom, reminded me that even if I wanted to be some other place, doing something else, even when I was asking God, what am I doing here, I was always standing on holy ground, even then. Moses probably walked around that bush a hundred times, hundreds of times, as he tended the sheep. A bush, it's the most ordinary, average thing. You've got them in your yard, in front of your apartment complex, and yet God was there the whole time, and one day, Moses noticed. Maybe the bush was burning. Maybe it wasn't. But Moses noticed God's presence and said, Here I am, and took off his shoes as a sign of reverence. If God's response to our plea who am I, is I am with you, then our response can only be, here I am. So what do you walk around? What is mundane for you? Where is that place that you feel lonely or anxious or annoyed or frustrated? Maybe it's your office, your home, your street, your school, grocery store, your gym, even maybe your church. These places are all holy ground, all of them. These are places where the answer to who am I is I am with you. These are the places where God is becoming and we also are becoming. These are the places where God is waiting for us to notice that God is there. And what will you do when you notice? What will you do when you realize who you are is not about you so much as it is about who God is? Maybe you too will say, here I am, and realize you are standing on holy ground in the presence of our God, the one who is with us always. Amen.